Welcome to the Executive Cyber Education Podcast, Episode 3. Welcome back. I'm glad that you're here again to take a listen. For those of you joining us for the first time, please take a look on the previous podcast. I have introduction to, to tell us a little bit about myself and what we're trying to achieve with this podcast. Right. So today, is a, uh, the program is going to be a little bit different. I'm trying to cover here and I'm going to discuss is the whole picture. So we start with the program assessments and I was going to move on to other parts of how to set up a governance, risk and compliance framework and program for your organization. But before we get there, uh, I wanted to share with you where I'm trying to go and what I'm trying to achieve to see, to see if it's fit to your organization or not. Right? You can take pieces and, and bits here and there or you can implement the whole thing. Is up to you. So I just want to go ahead and, and start here by discussing the environment that you're going to assess, right? So the first thing we need to discuss here and need to settle is what environment you're going to test. Uh, you know, I'm going to try to cover everything, but you're going to try to find an environment that is quite defined. Your customer payment environment, your web service environment or web internal or external. So as long as you can put some guardrails around and define those environments, that will be great. Then further from there, you're going to discuss and going to select and uh, sort what you're going to try to assess. Once again, you go back. if you go back to the episode that I discussed program assessment and I get into scoping, that is very important. So when you get that environment and you further define, put some guardrails, you're going to try to uh, identify what systems and system meaning the operating system, the database, the application and so forth. So you define what systems within that environment you're going to assess. Then you're going to have to further define. Remember, we're trying to get as clear and concise as we can and unambiguous. So. From there, are you going to assess the operating system? So say so in your scoping. You're going to assess application or the database or the whole thing. Um, I, I, I caution you here is because there is an immense amount of work, but you need to find out how big is your team and what you're going to able to do and what's the deadlines you promise to management and so forth. So here is very important. So you define that environment. Once you have that environment together, right, you will do your controls assessment. Here I'm taking for granted, right, and I don't know if your organization has or not, and we'll discuss through this podcast, but right now I'm not going to get into those details, but you will do your controls assessment. I'm assuming here that your internal documents, standards, and, and government documents in general are mapped into controls, um, maybe your own controls or maybe mapped from the NIST, um, either Cybersecurity Framework or 853, or even the ISO standard 27,102, whatever documentation that governs your environment. And they have controls. Security controls is specifically designed to be implemented in these systems. Once you have those, you have to select them. And how are you going to select them? All or nothing? Well, here is part of your environment selection, system selection, so forth. So are you going to assess only highs, only mediums or moderates, or lows? And your strategy will change depending how 
um, how many systems and what criticality you choose to do. Personally, if I'm assessing lows, I will be happy if I just send the questionnaire and get some answers back from the system owners saying, yes, I agree with this. Yes, I have this implemented and so forth. However, if I'm doing high or critical systems to my organization, I won't do so much of questionnaire, although it will be a questionnaire involved on my assignment, but I will be more on a face-to-face interviews with the system owners and collecting evidence, reviewing evidence, test some control effectiveness at that point. So at that point, you need to select. So let's recap here. Is choose your environment, select your systems, make sure you, you want to do all or just operating system or database or application. Once you have those, you're going to pre-select them again one more time and see if you're going to do high, medium, or lows system. And those will drive what controls you're going to pick from your governing documents. Maybe your internal or a NIST or an ISO document or your do- internal documents are mapped to these uh, different standards. All right. So when you have them, you can select only a few controls. When you select those controls, you will now develop questions that or testing procedures that will be able to send to the control owners or sit in front of them and discuss, look, I need to see this, 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 or here's a question. And make sure your questions are open-ended because you, you just need as much input from your system owners as possible once you have that. So the control assessment will take uh, two views here. One is we're going to do is a design assessment or effectiveness assessment. So what I just explained to you on the lows, the lows are design assessment. I'm just asking questions to see how you're doing and, and what controls you have in place and, and working through those. Effectiveness is what I explain about the highs. I need to see the evidence. I need to review it. I need to do some further testing and really try to see the control is implemented effectively. Right. Once you have those, you will have to calculate is the rate of your compliance against the NIST or uh, 853.0, the NIST cybersecurity framework. And I'll get to that in a second, how you're going to calculate that. But before we continue, I want to discuss a pro tip here with you. And that is, when you're doing an assessment of your controls, right, and you have to do a design assessment or a effectiveness assessment. If you do both on the same systems, what you will discover in one of the outcomes of that is a delta, a delta of a perceived control implementation versus the actual control implementation and how effective they are. That is a good baseline for your systems and a discussion with management which is uh, very useful if you have the time to do so. But as I explained, that is just a pro tip uh, to set those baselines. You can do it or you decide not to do it as well. It's not going to affect how you perform your function and how you set up your governance risk and compliance framework for your organization. So moving next, next you will discuss and we'll collect what is the cyber risks to the organization. And that is qualitative. 
you discuss with management or per management in your organization, senior management, and and discuss what are keeping they, um, them awake at night, if you will, and what risks you see in the industry that is affecting um, your organization. And you list them, and you ask to be your top five or six, so uh, you can maintain a, a self a little bit of self-control in there and have a, a more in-depth discussion on these uh, risks to the organization, how impact whatever it is, the mission or the vision of the organization. Once you have those, right, and you start identifying quantitative threats, how you do that. Uh, that is what you can use a process such as bow tie, right, is a, is, is a risk, where, um, a way of measuring that risk is through that. But your threat vulnerability management team will know what threats are hitting your organization uh, in conjunction with the monitoring folks and what hitting the firewalls, you're getting scans, what kind of threats you feel that is uh, hitting your organization. Those are more quantitative, comes from the bottom up. Gather those with top-down risk identification. Those are the ones that qualitative from your senior management. And you try to find a common uh, thread in there because your manager might be uh, thinking about, you know, malware X, but malware X does not affect your environment for, for several reasons. For example, I don't have those systems. I don't have those applications. We have controls in places that can mitigate that. It might not be a high anymore. It might be a medium. Whatever the case may be, the use cases are vast. But that's how you couple the conversation from a bow tie assessment, a quantitative assessment. What is hitting our door versus what keeping senior management awake at night? When you have that synchronization and tied to the security controls, that you just um, assess, right? The effectiveness of it, not the, quali- the the design, if you will, but more of the effectiveness of those controls for your high systems and see what's working, what's not, what's there and what's not. Even more important, uh, that prevent uh, you against that malware why That actually, that one is hitting our, our firewalls. That one is hitting our our email system, and we've been able and lucky to stop so far, right? So if that goes on, if that we get infected, how the controls can mitigate the impact of that threat. So now you start getting those. So when you understand what controls you have in place to mitigate the impact of a threat, now you have what we call residual risk. Before, you had the a residual risk uh, from what I have in place, what I think I have in place, your design of controls versus what the management believes are the risk to the organization. That is a sort of residual, but without facts. Now you have some facts from your bow tie, from what is actually hitting us with an effectiveness control assessment that you know what's working, what's not. Now you have a further refined uh, residual risk, if you will, that you can put some level of trust uh, against it, right? So once you have that, and you will have some control weaknesses, you will identify some controls that require some enforcements. Perhaps the control is well-designed, but it's manual. Uh, perhaps your enhancement will be making it automated. 
or perhaps you have a gap and you need to put a project in place to put a new control in there. So whatever that is, those are your programs, those are your projects to mitigate these uh, control weaknesses. Once those projects are executed, are put in place, and you will have a new residual risk. And that is a further defined, a new residual risk now that you have those weaknesses that were addressed. Perhaps your residual risk in the past was in red on your risk register. Now it's going to come up as a yellow because the probability diminished and the impact further diminished. Now your risk has a new rating. Remember, risk is the probability times the impact. At least this is how it's calculated by the NIST. Now, ISO calculates a little bit different, FAIR a little bit different. So it depends what risk program that you follow in your organization. But if we talk about cyber risk, most likely it is um, uh, using the NIST cybersecurity framework, the NIST 853, or the NIST management framework, right? Those are calculated that way. But it's up to your organization uh, how that is done. But uh, the framework that we just discussed here briefly, that's how it's, how it's done, right? How you approach from, from nothing to select an environment to doing a control assessment design or effectiveness, establishing the delta, if you will. And once again, that is a pro tip, is an option. Establishing the delta, having a, a baseline to discuss with your management what is working, what is not. Having identified those cyber risks with your senior management, that is more of a qualitative. Then mapping that qualitative to a more quantitative assessment, such as a bow tie, what your threat vulnerability management tells you, reports that is hitting your firewall actuals, right? And then coupling that with your controls from effectiveness assessment to see what's working, what's not, and what could prevent that threat uh, knocking your door, hitting your email system if, um, if that realize, right, what would be the impact of those based on the controls that you have. So now you have your first residual risk. And once you have the residual risk and you have those controls and your controls require further enhancements and you create those projects, those mitigating projects to enhance your, your controls, either creating new ones or enhancing, right, from a manual to automated, for example, or from, it's already automated, but you need uh, extra coverage and whatever that, whatever that may be. It's just you enhancing them. Now you have further refined controls. Now you understand that you have a further refined residual risk and that how you achieve your risk register. You got it? We talked a lot. Uh, we cover a lot in this, but don't, don't be afraid. What we're going to do is for every section that I, that I talk, uh, talk here today, for every uh, area that I talk today, I will create a special podcast and I will go a little bit deeper in these areas to provide you further assistance, how uh, you can achieve a program assessment to your organization, to a, a, you know, a, a risk compliance and governance program to your organization, right? Now, that's it for today. I appreciate you taking the time to listen because, you know, your investment here is the most expensive and I understand that and I appreciate that. And that is time that you spend on your day to listen to this. That is the, for me, is the most expensive occurrence uh, on everyone's life. It's time. 
And for me to have you here paying attention to this conversation, I truly appreciate what you're doing, right? And uh, you can follow me in iTunes. Uh, please subscribe so you have new updates on, that I provide you on a weekly basis and as you move forward. And you can find me at www.exactcybered.com. My podcasts are posted there and my show notes are there as well. I will pr- I'll put you a, a, an infograph of what I discuss here today so you can follow it through. So it's clarifying. I'll put some call-outs in there to, to point out some, for example, my pro tip is going to be there. It's going to be in the show notes. All right. If you can't, if you like it, just go ahead and download it for your reference as we move along through the podcast. All right. This is all. This is Dr. B and I'm out.